Hey guys, welcome back to Sports Talk with C. Your girl is back with another episode. But before we begin, let's take a moment of silence for Rob Elementary School. We are still screaming, bring BG home. It's now been 101 days since she has been wrongfully detained. 101 days. Please bring her home to her family and her loved ones. Up next, I got to chop it up with Michaela Blake, forward from St. Michael's Women's Basketball. And guys, I was media at my first WNBA game. But before we begin, let's take a short break. Michaela describes her game as tenacious because she's determined and she's resilient. I asked her, what would be some words of advice? And she said, not to seek approval from anyone else. Let's hear her journey. Introducing Michaela Blake. Good evening, Michaela. Thank you for coming on Sports Talk with C. Thank you for having me. Of course, girl. So tell me what it was like growing up in New York City. Well, New York, I should say. Let me put the city in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm from Albany, the colony area. Um, it's good. Um, Basketball is pretty big from where I'm from. So there's good competition, lots of AU teams. So I've only ever known it here in Vermont, and I really like it here. Okay, so what was the reason that you picked up a basketball? Um, I it, I didn't start very early. I did soccer for a while, um, but I did like an after school two days a week, just like an extension of gym basically for mm-hmm. fun. Uh, and then there were travel tryouts that she just passed a poster out to each of us or like a flyer. Um, and I kind of went home with it and was like, I kind of want to try this. And so... From there, it started. That was about fifth or sixth grade. I started basketball. Okay. And you said you played soccer, right? Yeah. How has that helped you in your basketball game? Ooh. I think just being active from a young age. Okay. So like being athletic or, you know, sports weren't brand new when I picked up a basketball. I had already been running a lot with soccer. So all three, all two of my siblings, all three of us, did soccer when we were young and I think just being active in that way helped me okay so as a child who did you look up to as a basketball player oh I'd say anyone from the men or women's Sienna team because that was that's a local team for us and when I was younger I used to think that they were just like celebrities like top list you know um we we, all have those yeah me and my dad would would watch the men's play over at the times union center and i i just remember like being in that arena and thinking like whoa this is it like this is it um and then later on a couple years later i'd go watch the women play and had courtside uh seats one season and i just thought that was like that was it (laughs) so really there, there was one forward on the women's team, uh, 
her name is slipping my mind, but I remember watching her and just thinking she's tough. Like she's not necessarily <laughs> the tallest out there, but she's, mm-hmm. she's using her strength and, and that kind of helped me help see someone like me. Like I'm stronger than some of my other opponents, but I'm rarely the tallest out there in my position. <laughs> so it was nice to see someone like succeeding in the forward or center spot that wasn't necessarily the tallest, but was mm-hmm. strong and was using that to her advantage. Okay. I read that you had helped win section two AA championships, like in your sophomore year. I'm trying to make sure I get the name right. Cause I was writing this down. I'm like, hey. Yeah, we're, we're, we're a section. We're double A section. So it was just because our school was that big that okay. was section we played in. Um, yeah. Sophomore year, we, we won the championship. That so was- explain that feeling and explain to me what it took to win a championship that year? Uh, the, the feeling is definitely like that goosebump. Every kid wants to, you know, go to States or win, win the big game. So it, it was definitely um, just, just a great feeling. I loved that team that year. We all got along really well. Um, what went into it was, I think everyone's drive and passion that year was, was a different spark that, okay. um, that I had throughout high school was with that team you know people were just bought in that year we wanted it It, um you know there may have been other teams that were could have been more talented but we wanted it the most like we were the driven ones we we fought for that um and that that was a great feeling to to finally get to hudson valley be on that court um for the championship game and big stage yeah yeah it's just one of those feelings you can't really describe it's it's like when you're younger, you picture stuff like that happening. And so mm-hmm. feel that. And when that final buzzer sounds, if you're on the bench, like run out and like meet your team and everyone's like jumping and going crazy. It's, it was emotional. I loved it. It was, it was a great feeling. I know that's right. So here you are now in college. Can you please explain to me your recruitment process? Was it easy? Was it hard? How did you come to choose St. Michael's? Oh, recruitment was stressful, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it it was one of those things where it was exciting too, because you're getting calls or emails and it's coaches reaching out and they want you, like they're telling you how good you are, you know? So it, it was definitely like an ego boost or it felt good for people to like reach out and want you to play for them, but it was stressful. Um, I played for Havoc and we traveled a lot. So that was fun. I did like traveling a lot. Um, how I chose St. Mike's is actually an interesting story. <laughs> My sister went to St. Michael's. Um, she graduated 2020 and she was the reason that I didn't want to go because I wanted to, <laughs> and it was nothing against her, nothing against the college, but I just wanted to have my own experience um, mm-hmm. and do just do something different. So it wasn't really in my um, bubble of colleges that were necessarily looking at me in the beginning, but when coach Bullhart reached out, I like immediately to myself was like, no, like, I don't want to, I don't want to go to St. Michael's. <laughs> I, I want to do my own thing. Um, I had already been looking at schools in the NE 10 that, you know, piqued my interest. And, but my mom was like, no, you gotta like, just look, just like go give it to her. I'm like, I've been to St. Michael's it's experience, time. right? Like, yeah. Um, uh, and, and I did, I went, and as soon as I met um, Coach Lozo and Coach Bullhart, it was like, I literally tried going not to like it and I couldn't not like it. Um, 
yeah, it, it was sold. I think I did two visits um, and I waited until the second one to commit, but I had known like from the first one, I, I could have told her right then and there, like, yeah, I'm coming here. All right. Speaking of coaches, how important is it to have a coach that understands you, that listens to you, that encourages you um, when trying to perfect your craft? It's everything. Um, it, it's absolutely everything. I have had very different types of coaching styles throughout my career. Um, but it wasn't until I went to Havoc and played under Terrence Florence that I had a whole new found level of respect for a coach. Okay. The passion that he has when he's coaching his girls is, is so contagious and just makes you want to work harder. Um, you know, he gets in your face, he screams at you. And it was a whole different level of, you know, intensity that I had, I had just been introduced to. And I didn't respond to it great at first, but I, I learned <laughs> to love it. I did learn to love it. And it was that kind of intensity and in your face, like you need to work harder, mm -hmm. but it was coming from a, a place of love. Like he, he knew that you could do better. And so it was a really nice and refreshing feeling to have a coach that was yelling at you in a good way. Like, I know you can do better. Right. Um, and so that kind of mindset is just contagious, like constantly striving for more and constantly wanting to do better for your craft. Um, so he not only enhanced my skills, but changed my whole mindset on basketball and improving, you know, my craft. Oh, wow. That's good. I've, I've heard some stories where coaches had pushed them away from the sport. So to hear a young lady tell me that coaches had a big act, big impact is absolutely amazing. I want to know, how do you get ready for game day? Uh, well, okay, home games, um, me and some of my teammates will go to Hype Nutrition, which is like a tea place okay. in Vermont. And so we go there on game days, get our teas. They're like caffeinated, so we're like ready to go. Um, <laughs> and I think it's right before we go out to warm up, we're blasting music all different kinds of music. I couldn't even probably tell you half the songs we listen to, but it's just that like loud in your face, like let's go. Um, so yeah, tease and, and loud music. Tease and loud music, that gets you going, that gets you hyped up for the game. It does, it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Some people say they meditate. Some people say they don't do anything. I feel like I, have, I would be like you, I need to get going. I Yeah, I think because I'm constantly either excited or nervous excited I can't like sit still I wouldn't be able to you know control my breathing or meditate I'm just too like it's game day like let's go like I, I wouldn't be able to relax so. and when you you speak of nerves but when you touch that court when that foot goes on the court are the nerves gone or does the nerves build even more the nerves are gone I'd say for okay. the most part um in the beginning, for me, the first time I stepped on a college court, it was also right after um, an injury. So I tore my ACL freshman year. And so sophomore year, my first game coming back, it wasn't just my first college game. It was my first game after that injury. So it was like a whole different level of fear and nerves. But once you kind of got into the swing of things, it you just kind of fall into the game. And how... Did you keep going and wanting to play basketball through your injury your freshman year? 
because I know that it's your freshman year, new territory, new school, new coach, new players. How did you get through the process of recovering and coming back and wanting to play? Um, I, I remember one of the first appointments I had with my surgeon after I had tore it was he asked me, do you want to still play? And I was like, what do you, what do you mean want to still play? Like, I didn't even know that was like an option to think, you know, I, when I tore it, you know, a thousand things go through your head, but I was just thinking of like, oh, I can't wait for next year. Or, you know, how are we going to, you know, get through this process quick enough to get me back? So when he asked me if I wanted to have the surgery to, mm-hmm. do I want to play basketball? I was like, it's a dumb question. <laughs> like, yeah, <it's> <laughs> like, hello, of course I want to like, play. Yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> um, so yeah, that gotta honestly, get me that, ready. yes. So the question of whether or not to play was, wasn't even a thought in my mind. Um, I knew I was going to stick with it. Obviously, this was just a bump in the road, a pretty big bump, but just a bump. <laughs> um, so yeah, getting through it, it was also during COVID. So there was like a thousand new variables to to get through and and problems that would come up before surgery, things like that. But my family and my teammates were just my rock. Um Unfortunately, fortunately, I had a lot of teammates that had also torn their ACL. So I had a really great support system and that could offer different ways of supporting me. Like, yeah, this sucks, but like these are the things you're going to do and and can do to get through it. So that was something that meant more to me than they'll ever know, being able to ask some specific questions and, you know, offer advice like that. But, you know, my family was insanely supportive throughout the entire process still now um and the coaching staff I I'm just so grateful for the people that were around me when it happened and um that supported me throughout you know the recovery process um it yeah I'm just I'm very grateful for the people that were around me during it that's dope support is always amazing Mm -hmm. failing to have but I want to talk about a funny story since you go to St. Michael's and it's in Vermont, right? So I was in my freshman year of college and I met my friends from Vermont and it was Christmas break. You know how everyone goes home. And I'm like, oh, I only went, I was in Mass. I live from Providence. It was an hour and a half. I was like, oh, I'm going home. They're like, yeah, we have to. I'm like, oh, so when you guys go on a plane to get to Vermont, I thought Vermont was so far that you had to take a plane. <laughs> and then like, they're from Brattleboro. It's like Sierra Springfield is right there. Like it's probably even it's closer to us than you are to Springfield. I was like, wow, I, I never knew how yeah. close Vermont was. But what are your goals for your upcoming season? Um, team goals to just win more. A hundred percent. We, you know, we're doing a whole culture change where we just got to change their mindset and, and get those wins. Um, on a personal level, I want to be on the court more and not coming from a selfish perspective, but from a perspective where I truly believe that me being on the court is a step in the right direction to try and get those, get more wins. Um, and I want to, you know, increase my shooting percentage. I want a better free throw percentage. I want more blocks. Just everything, everything we did and I did wasn't, wasn't good enough. We, we didn't get the right. wins we wanted. We didn't have the season we wanted. So 
just intensify absolutely everything. Um, and comeback season, a comeback season. And it, and to say that kind of sounds like, is that like a reachable goal? Is that too extreme? And it's absolutely not. It's more just a mindset change, um, that we'll have. And so, yeah, just intensify absolutely everything. Okay. If you can describe your game in one word, what would it be? Oh, um, tenacious. Tenacious. Ooh, that is a good one. Why is it? <laughs> why is your game tenacious? Uh, I think just that determined, like persistent, willing to not give up and to give your all. Um, just that grit. I like it. That this is the first. Yeah. I, I I get some words that are usually the same, but tenacious is very. This is the first time. <laughs> first time for everything. So. Yeah. When I was reading and trying to get to know more about you, I don't know how true sometimes the internet is 50-50 with facts, you know, Um, but I did get it off your school website. I'm hoping that this is true, but you coach AAU? Yes, um, I did for one season. I've I've coached a lot of basketball, believe it or not, for my age. Um, I started coaching a youth program with my brother like for my brother when he was younger um I did that for two years with my dad um and then I moved to the travel league like the colony travel league that I used to play in um I was an assistant coach for that and then in high school well that was also in high school but my sophomore and junior year I was the unified coach for the basketball team at high school and then I was supposed to be that my Havocs AAU coach for a younger team, but COVID happened. So we did a lot of like virtual things or we got together for practices, but there were never ending. Uh, we never ended up playing games. Okay. So, yeah. so what is the best part thus far about coaching? Oh, um, I think being able to like influence their confidence in themselves um especially at a young age I think that's so crucial for a coach to be able to do you know maintain the level of confidence and love for the sport right um I definitely think at a younger age you should be more more focused on keeping their love for the game and their, you know, the confidence in themselves than the wins and losses. And I think sometimes if a coach loses that, that's when you might lose players. You said that sometimes you have coaches that can make or break it. I think it happens at that, you know, that middle school age where whether they choose to stick with it and get serious or they kind of get discouraged. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely that. I also just love to see them so fiery and so like burst with energy where they don't care if they have to go run like 10 sprints. They're like happy to do it. And they just have so much energy. So Wait, I, so they get older, they're going to hate it. Yes. Yes. I, I love seeing that. It's refreshing to be like, oh, you want us to go run a mile? Like, let's go do it. <laughs> like, so, so yeah, definitely that. And what has been the toughest part about coaching? If there is any. <laughs> um, the toughest part. Um, Probably, oh, the toughest part. Um, maybe like 
at a younger age, sometimes they're not always completely into it. Okay. So I think like for me, I was, I was obviously serious about basketball when I was a little bit older, but transitioning from like the havoc type of people, even when they're younger Mm -hmm. to like maybe the travel or like the church leagues, they're just like in it for fun. And so sometimes I got to remember that when I'm trying to be like, like, listen, like, let's get, let's get this, or let's add a couple more plays. And sometimes they're like, like we're 12. (laughs) We don't really care. Um, So, so just remembering like that, you know, their kids like to, um, it it is for fun. Obviously it's fun to coach, but, um, that intensity doesn't need to be there quite yet. So so remembering that might be the hardest because I just I just want to like you know them to get better I want to I want to win yeah right um, but. you want them to have your mindset yes yeah <laughs> exactly speaking of now who would you say is a person that your game mimics or a player that you like to watch um probably Tamika from Indiana okay um I'd say that because she's kind of like an in-between, you know, she's not necessarily the tallest on the court all the time. She's got to get crafty, use some other skills. So probably that, probably her. Okay, nice. Um, What would you like to do after your college career has ended? (laughs) No idea. (laughs) I've changed my major three times now. Um, It's currently psychology. I don't know if that's what it'll be next semester. Like, I, I just like so many things. I'm really into graphic design. I like criminology. Um, so those are both my minors right now, um, my major psychology. So I don't know right after college. I know in the future, whether it's kind of at the end, I definitely want to coach. Okay, nice. Um, I just don't know, um, you know, at what point that that'll happen. But that's, that's definitely something that I want to do. And who do you look up to as a coach? Terrence Florence from Havoc. Okay. Um, like I said, he just, he completely changed my game and my mindset on basketball. Um, he's, he's just so passionate about his girls and the way he coaches. Uh, like I said, he'll, he'll get in your face and scream at you, but it, it's coming from a place of love. He just wants to, to see you do better and to send those girls off to college. So a hundred percent him and any coach that fell under havoc Tony okay. Karate Billion, um that that whole mindset and intensity is just is something that I really looked up to and, and that changed me as a player I like it and if one of your AAU kids or any kids that love the game of basketball came up to you and asked you for some words of advice what would they be um to not seek approval from others. Your, nice. your self-worth or your skill is not dependent on one person's opinion, nor should it be. Not to seek approval no. from others. Yes. Nice. Well, thank you, Michaela. I thank you for coming on Sports Talk with C and you have a good evening, okay? Thank you so much. up guys i got to cover my first WNBA game as media so i was at the game and it was um who was it 
It was Indiana Fever against Connecticut Sun. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to submit for credentials. I did just that. I got the approval. When I got the approval, I was very excited. I was nervous. I was shocked. I was amped. I was scared, full of emotion. The day came. So I covered May 26th, Connecticut Sun versus the Dallas Wings. Um, I had to do my research, of course. So as soon as I got my credentials, I you know, look to see who was out rebound, who, you know, um, Connecticut identity is actually, you know, the defensive rebound. And right now they're sitting dead last in that category. Um, and I was like, you know what, let me write everything down. Let me see post-game notes from each team. So I went on each website, figured out what things they wanted to work on, um, what things went wrong in each game. Just so I was aware, um, came, the day came, got my media credential. I was so excited. I was happy. Let me tell you, I was nervous. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm so scared. I don't know. Um, went down to the arena. I seen a girl who I met at um, the Big East tournament, and she walked with me to where I was supposed to go. I found my seat, and when I seen... Um, the sign on the table that said, you know, Ciara Monroe from MTMB Sports Podcast Network, I felt like, yeah, see, yep, you belong. This is what you need to be doing. This is where you're in your element. This is where you're most happy. So um, I wasn't ready for the type of access I was granted. So She's like, do you want to meet with anybody? And I'm like, oh, no. And I was shy. And then we did pregame um, with coach. Went in there. Didn't ask anything. I wanted to hear, observe, and see what other people were doing just because it was my first time. They treated us like we were the media from ESPN. They had dinner for us. Um, I was able to... Um, talk to other people, get some advice, how to, you know, work on your nerves because I didn't want that to show and be presented into my work. So the game starts, the buzzer go off, bam, I'm in my comfort zone. I'm not nervous anymore. I'm watching the game. I'm like, oh, this, you know, I listen to what, um, Coach Miller had said in pregame, and he stated that the last time they matched up that he and the, you know, his team felt like they were putting out a fire. So halftime came, you know, game was over. We're not going to break down the game since it was, you know, four, day, uh, four days ago. So, um, half, so the game was over, went back into um, – the media room. I'm working on my questions. And after doing research, I really um, was like, okay, let me listen to the pregame recording again. I listened to what he said. And I figured for the first time, now I'm not asking questions, but it's C. Come on, guys, you know me. I'm asking a question. So I asked a question and I asked him if, you know, if he felt that his team started the fire this game. 
and left Dallas to put it out. Um, I will definitely let you guys take a listen at my experience covering this game and post-game questions. Then I was able to cover yesterday's game against Connecticut Sun against the Washington Mystics. Um, Coach Miller was out. So there was assistant coach being the head coach for the first time, Coach K. I'm not going to mess up his name. Um, and I went into pregame. And when I tell you I worked on my questions, you know, I told him, I asked him what would be the key points to start the game with momentum and the lead. So I was able to ask that question. Um, and I felt so much more comfortable. I felt that I wasn't scared in this question. I felt that this question hit it right on the point because a lot of, I seen, you know, observing the room, a lot of people were shaking their head, writing down his answers. And I felt that from that moment, I had control over everything that I wanted to say, everything that I wanted to do. And as I was walking through the tunnel back to my seat, I'm listening to his recording, keeping in mind what he wants to work on. You know, he had stated that he wanted to, you know, start the game off in the paint, win the paint battle. Came to the end, the paint battle wasn't um, won, but Connecticut Sun did come out with the win, 71-79. Um, went to post game. There was a lot of questions being asked, and there's a small time frame. Um, so I wasn't able to ask a post-game question this time. But I'm going to do every game as possible to grow, to learn. One thing that did make me feel very good was the commentator, Miss Isis Young. She was very welcoming. She told me if when I was ready, that I could come sit next to her and observe. Oh, best believe, guys, I'm hopping right on that next game that I cover. I want to travel and cover. I want to get more of out my comfort zone. You know, I never wanted to be a broadcaster when I first started this thing. I wanted to have my own show on ESPN. Now, I love broadcasting. I love asking post-game questions. I love asking pre-game questions. Um, I would love to be a sideline reporter and ask the players questions and the coach questions during halftime. So with Sports Talk with C, with MTMV Sports, I'm being pushed. Um, you know, I would stay swagged out with the custom me by Ari. That is another source of, how can I say, another source of See, you got this. Another happy sauce. Another person that's telling me that you can do this. This is exactly what you're made for. So the jitters of being scared to cover a WNBA game and all I have to do when doing broadcasting, anyone, be authentic, be you, and you will be fine. Every time that I've stuck to being you, and being authentic, everything was absolutely amazing. 
So until next time, guys, next week, I got a little surprise for you. I have um, an interview with a mental health coach. So that will be absolutely amazing episode to stay tuned for. If you guys don't already, please go subscribe. Your girl has a YouTube channel. So every episode that you want to see, see the reactions of all my interviewees, please go subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's Sports Talk with C. All one word, Sports Talk with C on um, Instagram, Twitter, as well as Facebook, all one word. If you're looking for um, Sports Talk with C on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, it's Sports Space, Talk Space, you get the gist of how to find me. Make sure you tune in every Wednesday to the squad, 9.30 MTMV Live, and then of course, Saturday, check your girl out with my bros, the Full 94 podcast where we discuss nothing but basketball. And please, like, share, comment, give it your critiques, and I'm going to drop my interview, um, my post-game and pre-game recording so you can see how your girl did. But until then, see's out. Honestly, I don't even know if I have much to say about basketball. You're a good job, but it's just been so much going on in the world. Um, it's just been a really emotional time because I just wake up and see those two. I try to get them coming in with these two precious babies and knowing what happened in Dallas, I can imagine not coming home to my babies. Uh, yeah, so this means for them. That's pretty much all that I can say because I just can't even imagine not seeing those faces every day. So. That was been way heavy on my heart. That's been way heavy on my mind. That was the reason that I wanted to step on that court tonight. Yeah, it's just a really sad time. It's a really sad time in the mirror, but it's just every day. Like, this is normal. You can just go on and go play this basketball game, and those parents are just, I mean, what, is, what are they doing? Like, I don't know. I probably run through a wall. So, for me, that, that I place them in my babies today. Yeah, I mean, just touching on that, um, DB hit her on the head, like, um, you know, there just has to be a change. Um, it's just sad when you gotta wake up every day and, and something new's happening. Like, you, you don't know what it is, but it's, it's bad news. And then, you know, we're around DB's kids all the time, and I have nieces and a nephew and just a little brother, and I was talking to my little brother on the phone, he called me. And he was just talking about our last game. He's like, y'all need to get him back. I'm like, thanks, but uh, yeah, we're going to. And I'm like, how are you? He's like, he's like, I've just been paranoid ever since the shooting. And this is my 11 year old brother telling me that. So that kind of just like breaks my heart. And we live in Wisconsin. He got to feel that way. So I would just say, I don't know. Basketball is not the most important thing in the world right now. I said, do you feel like you had the fire tonight that had to be put out? Yeah, I mean, like, just, like, we never let them have that sustained run tonight, even when they frustrated us or, um, 
you pick your poison against them, and they made some threes and got our defense stretched. Uh, we got the ball out of the hands of some of the people that uh, we didn't want taking shots. You know, Arike and Marina only took 21 shots combined. Arike can take 21 shots herself in a game. So while at times it looked like other people were wide open, there was some intent there. Ultimately, we talked about putting out the fire um, and we just didn't, we didn't let them have that big run against us tonight that could totally shift momentum. I'll take a question on Zoom, Michelle. 